Hello and welcome to episode 25 of the MLS Fantasy Insider, our review of round 22 and preview of round 23. This episode is brought to you by the great Reddit community of r slash fantasy MLS and goals, goals, goals. I'm your host, Reed Conley, a.k.a. Dashdar at MLS Fantasy Boss and on Reddit. And with me tonight, I'm joined by our usual all-star lineup of co-hosts. Uh, we have Simon. Hi. We have Jason. Hey, everybody. We have Guy. Hello. And then, unfortunately, we had a delayed start time, so so Antioch had to leave us tonight. So he's not going to be with us, but in spirit, he will be. So how have you guys been? Good man, good. Doing yeah, enjoy. I'm going this last week. Yeah, I'm going to LA tomorrow in non-fantasy news. I'm trying to take my mind off of my Sounders, who are terrible. So my confidence in that area is low. But then I went in today to try and get my hair cut, and they refused to cut my hair because they thought it was so nice. So <laughs> take what you can get, I guess, when your Sounders are being terrible. <laughs> well, speaking of being terrible, uh, just kidding. So what are the general impressions that you guys had from round 22? It was a pretty surprising round overall and, and record-breaking round. Yeah, I think um, a lot of dead teams probably kick some serious uh, rear end this week when uh, Rolf gets a you know a brace. And <laughs> yeah, and Ka, 10% ownership with him. Mostly dead yeah. teams, I assume. Ka, yeah, it was... It was a fun week. It was a good. It was a good week to watch. Of all of the big scoring games, which one was the one that surprised you the most? Oh, you know, I, probably the Orlando Columbus game. Seven goals. I, I think that we all knew how bad Columbus's defense really was on the road, but it looked way, way too easy for Orlando. Yeah, okay. I don't know. I'd say DC, you know, like, when was the last time DC scored, I don't know, an excessive amount of goals? DC scoring six goals has got to be the most bizarre thing to happen this year. Especially after the way, <coughs> excuse me, especially after the way that that game started. It was super slow. I actually changed um, mid, mid at halftime for that game. Some of the other ones I looked back later and I was like, holy crap, what did I miss? Yeah, it was a sloppy game. I mean, even though there was a ton of goals, when I checked back in on it, it wasn't like it was enjoyable. I mean, there was there was a couple of good shots. It was just really sloppy game. For me, the biggest surprise was actually the New York-Montreal game. Uh, a 3-2 scoreline was not unexpected, I, I really thought. But I was assuming that New York was going to be on top of that just with their recent home form and the typical away form that Montreal has shown. But, I mean, uh, the PK definitely played into it. just was... Uh, was not the showing I expected. No, that's a good point. That was, I'm sure that was great news for all those New York fans, and uh, well, not not for the New York fans, for all those Montreal fans, and especially leading into a big double game week. We're going to get into that a little bit later. Uh, so, is there anything, any tips that you guys gave last round that you'd like to apologize for, or any particularly spot on things that you'd like to brag about right now? Um, I. I... <laughs> I mean, obviously, Javinko stands out when we were all pretty much standard bearers for him, telling him to, telling everybody to keep him. Um, 
you know, you can't foresee a guy getting subbed off in half. And it totally makes sense since Altador is a donkey and he got red carded, so you're not going to win the game 10 men. So, um, But I do feel pretty good about ragging on Columbus's defense, and hopefully people took note of that and didn't keep him. And that brings up a question I think we'll cover real quick right now is a lot of people considered dropping Javinko and the big question that came up when he potentially might have been injured. And the, the rebuttal that kept coming up is, are you really going to drop this player for one game week just to pick him up again for the double game? Is that something going forward you guys would recommend people consider? I mean, we'll have bye weeks that that's going to play a part in or other injuries. Would you drop a player for one round just to pick him back up again? I did, so yeah. <laughs> and I, I think it's definitely a, a good move that can be made with how prices are going to be more solid. If he doesn't play, his price is going to stay the same. So it's not like you're going to lose him on transfers out or loss of money from other players transferring him out. So I guess you just got to hope the guy you bring in earns you some money when you when you then swap him back out again to earn a little bit off of that. But I think it's a total viable strategy. And so it shouldn't be an automatic knee-jerk no I can't get him. I mean, what if he didn't play? I have to say, like, I wish he didn't play because, man, I have Legette sitting on my bench and then oh. Giovinco and Finlay both coming off at halftime. And, yeah, Altidore yeah. really, I think, pushed the coach's hand on that one. There was no point in leaving Gio in at that point. Yeah. yeah given the injury, just let him rest. and. But it's good for this week beat. now because, you know, Altidore is out for a game and Toronto's a better team without him. So... You know, apparently so is the U.S. men's national team. Finally, people are getting the idea that Altador is just not all he's hyped up to be. Man, we could have a, a whole discussion about this. All the stats say that teams are better with Altador. Yeah, if, oh, you, maybe. if, you, can, if you can bounce the ball off of his forehead at an acute 90-degree angle, you are better with Altador. He's got a big forehead. you got to have a sharp foot, though. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Well, maybe that holds true for real soccer, but uh, in fantasy, things are a bit of a difference. So before we move on, how did your guys' fantasy teams do this round? Ooh, let's see. I had 65 points, which was not, not great. I went down 13 ranks. Yeah, pretty pretty forgettable, honestly. Yeah, I dropped a little bit with a 62, but I don't know. If I'm, if I'm over 60, I'm not freaking out. So I'm really shooting for 70 at this point. I don't really have much other choice, but... Yeah, I had an okay round. I went uh, 76 points, bounced back up in the top 30. So um, I'm happy with that. Yeah, I think there were a lot of, of strong scores this round. I had 73 myself. Most of my midfield really came through strong with me with Kaka, Lejet, and Failhaber. And then I brought in Laren right at the last second. And so I had Laren and Via and Keen right at the top. And uh, I uh, my score of 73 was 830th in the round. So there are definitely a lot of high-scoring teams the top scoring points this round was 102 so good job to everyone who was finishing up there near the top so going forward a little bit of housekeeping for everyone be sure to check the disco report to see all the updates on cards and suspensions we already talked about the outdoor one but with hope you're not really focusing him too much for your fancy team during this double game week uh, we already did mention about geo and also finlay getting subbed off a little early during their games some people uh, had a quick knee-jerk to this, just say, what's going on? Both coaches have said it's more precautionary, Gio, of course, because he does have a bit of an injury that they want to make sure it's okay. And as Guy said earlier on, 
you're not going to win with 10 man down like that. So might as well just save him for the double game when it counts. And uh, Finlay's was totally because of rest. He got the last minute notification for the all-star game. He flew out there and uh, had to come back. That's a lot of distance to travel. So it makes sense. Funny story though. I'll tell you guys about Finlay. I went to the all-star game and on the way back out of, of Denver, I was in, line at security and there was a girl in front of me with a columbus crew hat so i just said oh hey i, I get you here for the game did you like it she said yeah my boyfriend was playing it i said really who's that she goes ethan finley and i was like wow this this is awesome what a small small world fantasy and soccer can be sometimes was she smoking hot she was an attractive woman yes soccer hey, players man. do it right man soccer players <laughs> do well i was at the when at the sounders red bulls game i ran into a uh, questions wife and kid so yeah. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. And I was super stoked that, that Ethan Finlay was able to come out there. He definitely, I thought, deserved to, to be on that team. And then remember absolutely. for this week, do what? Nothing. Absolutely. Ethan Finlay absolutely <laughs> deserved it. Absolutely. Uh, and remember that there is an early kickoff this week. This is a double game week game start Wednesday, the 5th at 8 o'clock. So get your transfers in before that. Don't get caught with your pants down. So moving on, we're going to get to questions. Uh, we had a decent amount of questions. A lot of them were about player picks this week, so I've moved those down to our actual discussion about players. So we'll focus on some of these other ones right now. Our first one comes from Mr. Frumble PDX, who says, would you bring in any players that have a bye week next round? Oh, funny, we were just talking about that. Uh, should I bring in, say, Piotti, knowing I have to drop him because of his bye this next week, or should I go for Kaka? I don't object to bringing in a player for one round. Um, I think your team has to be in good shape for it, which mine has not been for a while. I usually have fires to put out. So for me this week, there's no way I would bring in Piatti. I would. I like G, uh, I like Juvenco better anyway for the double game week personally. But Piatti's ownership is only 5.4%, and there's a big chance that he goes off. So you could come out ahead. Yeah, no, I, I think you absolutely have to bring in, in my opinion, you have to bring in Piatti this week. Um, let's see his last six games. He's never scored less than five and he's averaging 8.3 points. So you bring him in, he's going to get you over 10 points and then you ship him off next week. I mean, you could do worse. You could just trade out Piotti for Gerard next week. I mean, it's not, it's not the end of the world. You're going to, you're going to want a good, a good midfielder this week. And I think Piotti is probably the guy with a double home game. Yeah, I agree with guy. He's definitely one that's on my radar. For this round, and as I mentioned earlier in the show, I, I do think with the way the trade system is set up, it's a lot more friendly to trades like this, where you bring a guy in for a round and then drop him off. Especially with a double game week, I can see the hesitation for a single game. But if you're going to bring a guy in for a double round, maybe you're going to take a minus four to get him. Maybe you're going to take a minus four to get him out next round. But with a the home form that Montreal's had, and some of these other teams have had, just just with these double game weeks, I think it can be easily absorbed uh, maybe a little bit better than it was earlier in the season oh i have no idea i think you guys summed it up well i've been thinking about this but i'm probably not uh grabbing piotti just for the one week although i think he's really great oh, we're split right down the middle uh so our next question comes from two people ask basically the same question uh burgorf bandit and poignant cashew both wanted to know with the abundance of really good options on new york red bulls are, are there any ones that we're personally considering investing in this week? And if so, why? I mean, yeah, you know, I think 
New York's in better form now with either the right brother, right Phillips brothers. Um, questions doing okay. Uh, I actually have Grella on my team for a while, and I'm actually wondering if I should just transfer him out this week because he's not really the guy that's getting the point anymore. So, I mean, yeah, if, if you want to bring in some New York Red Bulls players, anything from the back to the front, I think you, you can find the good value somewhere in there. And I think we're going to see a, a big game from the Red Bulls. Maybe not the first time. They might go a little easy with Montreal, but save it all for that big derby with New York City FC. I myself like their defense. Uh, might be a little tough going against some of the offensive power that, that New York City FC is becoming up recently, but Miazga is someone that I, I still think is very good uh, as, a, as a great bargain pick for your defense. I was surprised by by uh, Bradley Wright Phillips' brother coming in here. He's, he's done better than I thought he would right out the gate, and those are some definite options to look at. But I wouldn't be surprised if maybe we saw some rest with New York just because they want to go in big with that derby. I don't think I'm buying any Red Bulls players because I, I already have Miazga. He's the one that I like the most. I'm kind of considering Bradley Wright Phillips, but I'm just not sure. I haven't had a ton of time to think about Red Bulls this week. I've had so many different decisions that I'm not sure if I've really got the money for BWP, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, I've got Miazga. I picked him up because I had major defensive problems last week that I had to fix up. So um, other than that, either the Wright Phillips are probably, a, you know, a decent option. I like Dax McCarty, a lot of bonus points. Um, question, maybe more likely to get goals, but also might get a couple bonus points. Either of those are good options. Sam has kind of been quiet lately, but he could go off at any point. So um, any of those guys, I think, have a pretty good potential. I like away at Montreal and then, you know, home against New York City. That's going to be a good game. So this was a bit of a repeat that we already answered before from Mike, that tiger. So we'll probably just skip over it, but he wanted to know how much we're factoring in the coming bye weeks for Montreal and New York and making our decisions for this round. I think we've all already touched a lot that uh, the buys aren't really factoring into us a lot. What I will say, and you guys are welcome to chime in here is I might limit those players to maybe just one team or to a few players that you know you're going to keep. Like, I'm going to be keeping Miazga, so I'm okay with keeping him on my team and not going to transfer him out. I don't want to load up with eight players from New York and Montreal and the next round be like, oh, crap, what am I going to do? And then the coming rounds, just just not really know. So that's that's the balancing factor you have to put in is how many negatives are you going to have to take out and how many people are you willing to sit on your bench. And I think it's maybe a couple. I would probably shuffle my Montreal guys and then keep on Miazga. No, absolutely. Yeah, you can – I mean – with Montreal, I think Toya is probably the cheapest guy that you could keep yeah. on your bench. So if you want to bring in three Montreal guys, you could afford to keep Toya on your bench and then ship out the other two that you brought in. But yeah, you do have to do, you have to do it with a plan in mind. You can't you can't take a negative eight or negative twelve next week to fix it when there's no double game weeks to save you. Yeah, and there's other players I like better anyway. I'd rather pick up Geo or Laren than any Montreal player. I already have Simon. That's good enough for me. Then just yeah. so everyone knows, the, the buy for Montreal is in round 24. The buy for New York is in round 25. But that's also followed by a double game week for New York. So our next question comes from Master 42 and he says, L.A. is a killer home team. Uh, no, no doubts from anyone here 
on this panel, uh, but does very poorly on the road. Is it worth investing in their players just for their home games? And would it be better to go for some, uh, or better to go for some consistency? Uh, that's a pretty good question. Uh, it's really touching back on that shuffling back and forth for the home form. Uh, are there guys that you think are on LA? This is this is me knocking out the question. Uh, for you guys, are there is there anybody on LA who you think is uh, worth keeping on your team during those away games? I mean, I think we kind of talked about this a lot last week. For me, I actually ended up dropping Keen for Laren this week. Um, turned turned out to be a decent decision, I guess. Probably should have dropped Kamara instead, though. Although I don't think I could have made that work money wise, but. Um, yeah, I don't know. They're a fine team. They're going to be fine no matter what in MLS, you know, road teams do a lot, a lot worse on the road, uh, except for, I think it was in Matthew Doyle's article last night. Uh, he talked about how Vancouver's road form has been really good, but otherwise teams just not very good on the road. So I don't know. I think it's kind of hard to just say, you know, let's get some consistent players when it's really every team is going to struggle on the road. L.A. has been exceptionally bad, but, you know, it's degrees of badness on the road. I don't know. I kind of feel Keen is good enough to be recession-proof. I missed everything you said. <laughs> I like that. I like that. The tie delivery for the next-door neighbors that went to my door. So I don't know what you just said, but um, I think Keen and, you know, legit's probably worth it just because the price is so low. But, you know, otherwise the rest of the team I'm not too hot on away. Yeah. I, I mean, I think this week they kind of proved that they're okay on the road, right? I mean, the ball was distributed. I think Gerard had seven or eight. Legit had seven or eight. Keen got a goal. I wouldn't. I wouldn't worry too much about him. I I did drop Keen for uh, Laren as well, just because of the double game week coming up. So, I mean, it made sense for this week. But yeah, I think you sh- you could feel completely confident carrying LA into any situation this year. Uh, my, my drop was Kamara, um, even though now Colorado does have one of the better home defenses. So it was a bit of a risk that I decided to take um, on that. Uh, but yeah, I'd agree. Keenan Legette, just because of the price of Legette and, and Keen can explode at any time. But as we did touch on last week, LA's got a rough schedule for the rest of the season, just because of being in that, that Western conference. So uh, Sorry, Simon, but I do think they're worth holding on to for round 23 because Seattle's just not been able to get it together yet. Oh, and- my God. Absolutely no. Hold on to your L.A. players this round. <laughs> this is this is an, a very poor decision if you decide to drop your L.A. players this round. And, and then even in round 25 against New York City, they've been awful at home at, at keeping clean sheets. So those are two chances that could really do well for LA with, with that great home form. Uh, San Jose has been a pretty decent team at home in general. Dallas has been, has been good as well. They've, they, they're kind of a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. I find with Dallas that they just kind of go through these, these periods of just like, where is this team that was just so dominant? I, I I don't know. But uh, that that's a question mark. But I, I think these two home games that they've got coming up are definitely potential and and are kind of worth banking on those LA guys. But I don't I don't know how many you want to get. That's that's the question. Don't want to don't want to get too far in, especially with some good double game weeks also coming up in round twenty five. Next question comes from Deadeye Twelve, and he wants to know who is the best player for a one week punt. Uh, right now he has Benny at the moment so we've got a couple of options if we want to consider 
Um, so he's he's maybe thinking Kaka for Benny, or maybe a Laren for Kamara, or a Question for Benny, something like that. Uh, but who, in general, who do you guys think is the best player for a one-week punt? I think if you have Kamara on your team, Laren for Kamara is probably the safest bet. Uh, Kaka and Question are both likely to score more than Fellhaber, I would guess. But I don't think there are as much of a guarantee yet. That's my only thoughts. Yeah. Uh, boy, any, anything to bring in Laren and save yourself some money is is probably the way to go. I mean, he's – I, I was talking to to Jay before before we started recording. You know, if Laren cost 10 or 11 right now, nobody would have any problem having him be their number one player, their, their go-to captain pick. But because he's so cheap and he's a rookie, we all kind of get nervous like he's not worth it yet. Um, yeah. Plus, Kamara is still on the road. Yeah, you you, you go for Laren and get rid of Kamara. Yeah, leave Kamara until round twenty-five, or forever, whatever works. <laughs> they got a double home game in round twenty-five, so we can get something out of him there. Uh, you know, I I think Laren is definitely one of the obvious players for a great one-week punt. Though I would consider him maybe more of a long-term option with that, um, especially with Seattle in round 24. That could be a nice game. And then they've got Chicago in round 26 and New England in round 27, both teams that have been struggling. So Orlando's got a pretty good lineup going for these next few weeks. So one-week punt might be a little a little shortchanging on that guy. I'm going to throw Piotti on that list for a double home, double game week for round 23. I, I think that could be a pretty profitable one-week punt for somebody. Not very good. Yeah, could be. Oh, I've been thinking about this. I just don't really know. I think I like Question the best, but if I was going to take just one player for one week, it's probably Bradley Wright Phillips. But like I said earlier, just personally, I don't really know how to make it work with the money. Very fair. Very fair. So our final question in our regular questions comes from Anthony Nice, and he wants to know, who is the best replacement for Kamara? And Guy, I think it's very fitting that you lead this one off. Well, uh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, right now, if you don't have either Keen or Via, then that player that you don't have is the best. I think Via is probably in the better form, um, and he's got the New York match coming up, which is probably going to produce some points. Um. Yeah, because Kamara is going to be on the road this week, and then they have a bye week. So if you're looking for a double game week player that you want to keep for a while, get Laren because Laren will be profitable at any stage of the game. If you're looking for a guy that's a little more expensive that you want to keep through several, several weeks, I would go via and then Keen. Uh, I'm just going to say Bradley Wright Phillips again. I want to come up with a better answer. I just don't have one. Yeah, I pretty much agree. Villa, uh, David Villa and Keen are the two top forwards to have right now. Laren is a great budget option with so many great options in the midfield. I think that's probably a good bet for this for this round if you have the trades to make it happen. Pick up Laren and then whoever your favorite guy is in the midfield. So those are all lots of the, the usual, sub, usual suspects. What about someone at DC like Sabo who's there now? What did we think of him last week? He was he was getting some some looks. Yeah, I mean, God, you or look is at that, that just because he's up against RSL and wants to come up with a big game against his former team? 
I mean, there there is always that aspect to it. I mean, I just think that was one of those fluke games where the defense, I mean, first of all, if you're going to score 10 goals in a game, the defense has to be exceptionally poor on both sides. And it really was. It wasn't like the offense was just that much better than anybody else. No, it was it was some poor defense in that game. So, I mean, yeah, there's there's a chance you could go with, you know, Sabo or or even a Spindola, but I, you need to see that be a trend first. When you look at Villa's numbers over the last six, seven games, there's a definite trend where that, that, that rocket ship is shooting off, and if you don't get on it, you're going to lose some serious value. Now, if DC can follow it up with two or three more games like that and they've got the favorable schedule, then then maybe jump on it. Well said, well said. So we're going to pick up our focus discussion now. And this week we're talking about these double game week teams. And so I thought it was good to just bring this out right now before we get to our player picks. So we've got New York, Toronto, Orlando, and Montreal. Many of those teams have been on a nice little uptick in form. They've got some great players right now that a lot of people have been targeting for the transfers. What are your impressions of the matchups that these double game week teams are going to have? And are you going to invest heavily in any one of these teams? Let's just start with how about you, you uh, Jason. What do you think? Um, I I think they're all pretty similar as far as I mean they all have their drawbacks. Montreal with the bye week coming up. Um, Toronto, I think coming off of this last game, I think maybe that's a chance for them to really you know hit hard with the two home games. I think Geo's pissed off. I think he got totally hosed. <laughs> So I expect him to, you know, to make, you know, to make up for that. But I don't, I don't, I don't know if any of them are really my favorite, to be honest. So yeah. is this not around that you would really invest heavily in a double game week team? I haven't invested. I mean, I had two players already. I'm picking up two more, so four out of. I mean, that's fairly heavy, I guess. It's not like a, you know, there's other, there's definitely been double game weeks where I've gone in like six, seven players. So, so I'm not as excited about this one. Right now, I have one, two, three, four, five, uh, six double game week players. Oh, there's the man. But and I'm probably going to pick up two more. The frustrating part for me is that I think that Montreal has by far the best schedule because they've got two home games, and I don't know the Red Bulls scare me a little bit on the road sometimes, and then I also don't think that DC has been incredible but then toronto also has two home games but then they one of those is against sporting and orlando's offense is pretty high powered it's just like there's good and bad sides to all of them the frustrating part is that i really i like montreal's defense the best and then they've got a bye week the next week orlando kind of scares me but yeah, I, I'm just taking a couple from each team. I think it's kind of hard when you got four four teams on a double game week. You have to take advantage of that, even if you're not convinced of their matchups. It's not like one of those double game weeks where there's just two teams and they're playing each other, and you're like, "Well, some of it might just cancel out anyway." With this, it's a, a little bit harder to make a case for for not paying attention. Yeah, I think Orlando with Philadelphia at home is probably the best game, but by my 
homegrown weird calculation that I've come up with, but haven't quite published yet. You know, all of them are, you know, average to below average. None of them really stand out to me um, as far as home and away form to being great. Yeah, but I think double game weeks are, it's not, it is about the team, but it's about those individual players. Um, like, I, I think we all kind of jumped on Giovinco halfway because he was the best player in the game for a time, but then we knew he was having this double game week coming up. And I don't have any reservations owning Kakan Laren this week going into this game. I, I could have those guys for the next five weeks and be totally okay with it. The same thing with Simon or Toya, who I, who I already have. I mean, they've their last two home games have been clean sheets, and Simon finally got his his offense back. Whatever he was pouting about, he's kind of gotten over <laughs> it. So, I mean, this to me is is like the golden goose of, of double game weeks. It's not so overwhelming that everybody's going to have 11 double game week players, but it's not as restrictive as the Chicago-Columbus double game week where just really crap players you don't want to take into future weeks. I mean, out of the four teams this week, you can get some really great players that you could keep for the next five or six weeks and and have a profitable team. So I'm, I'm pretty bullish on this week. And as it is now, I'll probably have anywhere between seven and nine double game league players on my squad. Yeah, I'm gonna say I'm I'm really loving this, especially the Canadian teams this week. I, th I think this is gonna be the double game week that Canada built. Montreal is one of the best home scoring teams that's out there right now, and with these two double games, I think it's gonna work. We saw that DC is leaky. I think that they're really feeling the pain of not having Hamid back there, so I, I think they're gonna get some nice points off of that. Uh, New York's been a bit better at at keeping goals out when they're at home and i'm really high on their defense but i mean montreal has been been doing great and so i i think there will definitely be goals there and as i said before i think piotti is going to be one of the guys who's who's going to be scoring those um big surprise to to see uh who is it that was really turning it on for uh for montreal last round i just went blank i feel like we're gonna have to edit this simon but i not not um Oduro? Oduro. Yeah, Oduro was was really turning it on this last round. So he's he's one that could be a nice little little sneaky pick right there for them. Um, so but but yeah, I really like that Toronto has been really great on the road. Um, which they're I mean, they played the most road games earlier on, but I, I think Gio will be out for blood. I, I think this is gonna be just a time that he's gonna be going all out to just to I don't know. I don't want to say get revenge for what happened last time, but he didn't get the full game. He didn't get to play the All Star game, and now he's going to be at his home stadium for two teams that got a bit of travel to get up there. So I, I think this will be good for him. Uh, you know, I don't really know. If there's anybody else in Toronto I'd invest in right now. I, I don't think they'll keep the clean sheets, but but Geo is is definitely one. But yeah, I, I'm like I'm with you, guy. I think this is going to be a great double game week round. And there's some several players that you could keep on your team, especially from, from New York and Orlando for the next couple of rounds that would make it a lot easier to phase players in and out long-term. No, definitely. So now we're going to move on to our player picks. And so we're going to start out with uh, keepers and defenders. And uh, there's a little question from my own bobblehead here. And he says that he has Toya, Dia and Miazga. 
in the back. Uh, that sounds a lot like a lot of people's back lines. Um, so with Miazga having the double game week, he's not sure about the matchups with Montreal away being tough. Uh, but but Lampard and Prelo and Via finally get to play uh, on a big field, and so he's also not quite sure about that New York City home game, and so he just wants to know, does he keep him or sub him? Uh, in my opinion, Miazga is someone I'm going to have for the rest of the round, may even sit him through some buys and just play with four defenders with another cheapo to swap back in. Um, I think even if they give up some goals, they're going to, he's going to generate bonus points. And I think that's, what's really going to help you for this round. So uh, as far as keepers go, I don't know if I'd invest in a double game week keeper. I'll probably just keep Malia this round as, as my, as my keeper pick, but defenders definitely going with Miazga. definitely got to go with Toya and uh, probably Simon would be my top three keeper picks for, for this round. Yeah. Um, Man, this the question with Miazga. Yeah, keep Miazga. Miazga is so good. My my back line is going to be Miazga, Toya, and Zavaleta if he starts because I happen to have him. And if not, I'll just play Matt Polster because Polster is pretty good. Um, I think you can go cheapo. And my defender picks are any cheap defenders that are going to start. My keeper pick, uh, I think Evan Bush is the best keeper because I already said I like Montreal's defensive matchups the most. That said, I don't necessarily know if you really want to make the transfer to to bring him in. Um, yeah. Yeah, with goalkeepers, all their form is below five right now, which I guess is what happens when you have the goal fest. Occurred. <laughs> but let's be honest. We'd, we'd rather see goals than clean sheets, right? Yeah, oh, definitely. I don't care about goalkeepers. Pick two that are okay, and just don't worry about trading them unless you really need to. Um, I like Simon over Toya, but he's a lot more expensive. You know, eight versus five—is that right? Yeah, just about. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, but personally, I think Simon and Miazga are the, you know, the two double game week defenders to have. Um, if you have them already, keep them. If not, I would spend my time, you know, finding midfielders personally. You know, for yeah. trades for this week, but. Yeah, it almost sounds like you answered your question in the question because if you have Toya D and Miazga in your back, then you obviously don't care about spending a lot of money in your back, which, <laughs> which is, is the correct move in my opinion. So I think defenders, I mean, the best you can hope for is a few defending bonuses. And after that, we had 39 goals in a day. I mean, I don't think anybody's chasing clean sheets at this point. That's, that's not a sound strategy. So just stay with your budget and hopefully they play 180 minutes and they get a few defending bonuses out of it, and that's that's all you can hope for. So next question is midfielders, and unfortunately this question was from uh, Rizzo FC 13 and it was for Antioch, but I think all of us could uh, take a safe bet at what he's going to tell you. Uh, and he says, uh, Antioch, I know I'm super late to the party, but I think I'm finally ready to to bring in Javier Morales. Uh, still like this move? Ha ha ha. What do you guys think? I, I think it's going to be a resounding yes. Yeah, of course. Uh, he would He would absolutely say yes. I don't know. Seems good. I wouldn't pick him up this week, though, away at Vancouver. That's that's pretty rough. Maybe maybe you want to wait. Uh, just, just one week, you know? Pick up uh, a double game player instead this week, but... I'm sure Jason would think it's a, it's a great idea. 
So and he would say captain him. Oh, absolutely. And just for my midfielder picks for this week, uh, the ones I'm starting are going to be Jovinko, Kaká. Um, <clears throat> sorry, Kaká. Maybe Piotti, either Piotti or Question, depending on which one. I feel like and Failhaber. So uh, I think you know Benny is still fine, even with single game week. Benny is Benny's a boss. Yeah, I agree. I think both both Duralis and Failhaber are great picks. But if you don't have them already, now is not the the week to get them. Pick up Jabinko, pick up Piotti, pick up Question or McCarty. Any of those, I think, are better bets for this round than picking up Morales. Yeah, the best part of this question was Reed laughing. <laughs> we should <laughs> we should put that on a loop somewhere. Um, <laughs> It'll be in our, our intro sometime. Yeah, consider this, though. Um, I think it's off the top of my head here. There was 10 goals in that RSL-DC game. And how many goals did Juralis get? That, that'd be a fat zero. Uh, so... <laughs> Don't believe the hype, man. I mean, <laughs> but he set up two of them, two assists. And he also got injured though in the first half. Oh my god, two assists. It's just it's like two assists out of 10 out of 10 goals is, is not good enough, but four four for for ourselves. I'm just I'm just I mean, he, he's a good player. Uh is he is he producing what his price tag says he should be producing? I don't I don't know. And, and really RSL they're just not having that great of a year as a unit. And he needs the rest of his people around him to be good for him to be good. He's not – here's a perfect example. Juralis is not a Giovinco. Juralis is not going to take over a game in the same way that Giovinco takes over a game and tells everybody else just to move out of the way. So when you get Javier Morales, you need the rest of RSL to be really good around him for him to be productive. That's how I see it. Yeah, I lean more towards that. I, I know Jason would, would disagree with us, but um, Javi is better at home, and that's just just a blanket statement for RSL in general, especially this year. The, the chance that they had last round, which they were able to take advantage of to some extent, was DC, I believe, is suffering some from not having Hamid at the back. So um, that's that's a weakness that they were able to take advantage of, and I think it's gonna gonna be there for a few more games as as they kind of settle into this new system, um, and so that, that was his value was that matchup, but I, I I don't think that same can be said for Vancouver. Alstead is a fantastic keeper, um, one of my favorites of of the entire season. So I, I don't think they'll have as many chances when they're there. Maybe someone to look look at more towards. 24 against Portland and 25 against Seattle, which are both home games for them. That could be good. And um, as far as picks for this round, I, I think it's got to be focused on the double game week guys. I think there's too many to to pass up when you're looking at at the whole landscape. If you if, if you had to bring in one guy just to free up some money to bring in a double game week guy, maybe at a forward position, I think it's got to be legit just because of that home game for, for LA Galaxy and, and his price. It's just too too good to pass up. But yeah, the, the Piatis, the Questions, the the Geos, the Kakas, the, those are the guys you're going to want to look at this week for, for your double game. So we actually have no questions with our forward, so this is Sorry, just going to be... Sorry, before we go a, on, I oh, just have to... As, a, as, a, as another Jason from Utah, I just have to, to stick up for Morales a little bit. <laughs> he is... He is the top, in the top 10 for bonus points. He's in the top 10 for 
points for the season so far. Um, I don't think he's as flashy. Well, I, personally, I love assists more than goals. I'm an assist kind of guy. Um, that's how I like to play, even though I never get assists. But that's how I would wish I could play. Um, <laughs> I, th- I think he's. I think he's still one of the best players, one of the best midfielders in the league. But do you no. know have most of those points come on the road or at home? Um, I should know that, uh, but I don't. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure just, I have it somewhere. I mean, when you think 11.9 for his price, I mean, that's just that money could go to so many other outlets. In my opinion, that just I mean, he's a great player. Don't get me wrong; he's he's far and away RSL's best player. Anytime he's on the pitch, but you know, I think when you when you look at Jovinko, who can just take over a game by himself, that's what you're rooting for. Is when you own somebody who costs twelve point six, you need that guy to be able to just take over the game on spot kicks, on open field play, on shots on goal. That's what you're investing that money for. And I think when you look at Morales, yeah, I mean, he is. He's waiting for the assist. He's waiting for somebody up front to pull their head out and get on that ball. And if it doesn't happen, then it's it's going to be an expensive 11.9 for you. Which is okay. I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a huge Valeri fan, but I don't know if you saw that, that PK go off the bar this week. So it's just that's why I don't own him anymore because <laughs> – it's not Portland's not in form right now. So what are you going to do? So is there a number that you're really looking for as far as the, the return on your investment of these players? Cause you look at guys like Finlay who are leading the season with assists and start saying, well, these 11 guys aren't producing what, what this guy's doing here, or look at this Laren guy. He's, he's costing me this much are, I mean, some of those guys are obviously the diamonds in the rough, but how consistently, of a performance are you looking for with points return from these these double digit these million dollar players or is it more of their style of play because i think we would easily say that javinko is a different style of play than morales is no yeah they totally are and uh, you know morales his his fantasy points have been pretty good over the last five or six games um the way i do it myself is i look at a stretch of you know, between four and six games. And if their average over that time is five points or better, and I know that a captain pick would give me double digit return, then I can proper, I can justify that as a proper roster spot. And Javier could, I mean, at, at 11.9, it's just, he's in my mind, he's just more of a risk because he needs RSL to be good around him to really get the points that that price tag deserves. So we're saying people like Gio and Benny and Kaka don't need their teams to be good. They can just they can grab the bull by the horns and go compared to your like Maidanas or your your Javier Moraleses who are more of those puppet masters and they need the rest of the team to all be working with them to get. Yeah, that I think to that's, really that's a, and I think Valeri falls in that category too. Valeri Definitely. doesn't go out there and take over a game by himself. He needs the forward to be alert and to do what he's got to do to get some goals. Otherwise we're not scoring. And it's just, I mean, yeah, when, when you know what a player's role is, it, it does make it easier for me to invest in, the, in a high price player when I know they're going to be the, the sole attack. Yeah. So moving on to forwards, no, no questions here for forwards. So just straight up, who do you guys like for forwards for this round? 
I think Laren and Via. Keen's also a great great pick, but you know, I think Laren and Via are the two standouts. Laren for the double game week and David Via because he is who he is. His points are insane. I mean, I don't know if there's some precedent of you know four four out of five weeks in a row getting double digits, but I'm sure there is. But that's still pretty damn impressive. Oh yeah, yeah. I think Laren is the one that everybody's going to have. Um, it just it depends on if you have enough faith in him to captain him or not. And yeah, I mean, I I think I think I might, but. You know, as for any other double game week, I mean, if you can afford Bradley Wright Phillips, he's obviously a good choice. But I, I would even take. I, well, I'm keeping Via over picking up Bradley Wright Phillips. That's a better way to put it. I'm keeping Via. So I just got a text from Jason to help all of us settle this debate, and he says, as far as Javier Morales goes. He's worried about his travel, but he will still be the best single game week player in his opinion. So there it is, <laughs> officially from hot off the wire. Uh, yeah, I think forwards, it's going to be bland this week as far as your, your choices. Uh, Laren, Villa, and Keen are, are three to go with. If you want to risk something, Bradley Wright Phillips and Oduro, maybe J-Mac. I don't know. Those, those are two are kind of a toss-up, but those are going to be the risky ones. But, oh, man, I I don't know. Well, we'll cover this in a second about captains, but, okay, I'm going to hold that one. Um, yeah, I think you guys summed it up. I have nothing to add here. So, for real quick, we'll see, with this double game week, do we have any must-have players? I think the only player... I know you're pretty picky about this title, guy. No, yeah, I think for this week, the only player that you you would have to say is a must-have is Laren because his price frees up the rest of your roster. I mean, huh. yeah, you you could have Givinko or Kaká, Piatti, or you know, Kleshin. There's there's a, a plethora of options out there that you could kind of mix and match and make your version of the best team. But I think Laren has to be the only one you say is a must-have because his budget and his production are. I mean, that price per point ratio right now has got to be far surpassing anybody else's right now. So I'm going Laren on that one. That is really good reasoning. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely agree as well. I'm usually against naming someone a must-have player. There's so many players who could go off, but for for that low of a price in that kind of form. I mean, it's only two games. You know, we had a 0-0 minus two before that, but with a double <laughs> game we coming up, I don't know. It's hard to go wrong. Yeah. I think the international play messed him up. I, I don't. I don't know if the Canada coach just mishandled him because he was garbage in the Gold Cup. I don't know if you guys remember like those like massive like miscues he was having when he ran down the field. But whatever uh, that Orlando is it Heath, whatever that coach is doing, it it's got him fired up. I mean, Man, he didn't have that that Canadian coach is terrible though. Like, see that, that I, might be. I don't know who he is, but it, he's legitimately so awful. I. I've never honestly seen a coach at that level misuse players so terribly. This is a whole nother rant, but I, yeah, some of the decisions there, Adrian Heath is a, is a much better coach and situation for him. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, um, 
I think for all those reasons, yes, I, I would definitely add Laren to my must-have list. Now, I wouldn't have done that, but no, you make a very good point with just the amount of money he's able to free up that you can use someplace else for a very promising week. And I'm going to throw Piotti on that list. Uh, if you look back over his past six games, the lowest score that he's had is five points. So even if you discount the, the PK goal here, that's still another goal, and he's had... Uh, four goals in his last six games and, and one assist as well. So I, I think with a double home game, he is going to tear stuff up. So that's good reasoning too. I like that. Yeah, I, I think he's I think he's going to be solid for this round. So here we're going to come in with our captain options. We have one quick question from Ace of Diamonds, and it's just sort of throwing out people he's want to see. He's he mentions the Laren double game week with Toronto away and Philly at home, or or Gerard at home. He's thinking of a single game week here. It's it's close. I he thinks that Laren will play both games, and he's in really good run of form. Uh, but he also really likes LA's home and Seattle's lack of a form recently. Um, but he just he just wants to know what our thoughts are, particularly on those two players. And I'm just going to say first, I don't know if I had the balls to Captain Laren, but I like the idea. Yeah, I think you would captain him if he – like I said, if he costs 10 or 11, and that's what he was valued at when he first came in, you're like, oh, of course. He's, he's only like a couple goals behind Kamara for the lead. I mean, that's how good he's doing right now. But because he's cheap and he's a rookie, we're like, eh, I don't know. I, I love this question, though, because of every double game week player, he picked one, and then he picked one player playing against Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> How does that make you feel, Simon? I, I think, can see where the Portlander enjoys I it. I think this is Simon's troll just being like, yeah, I think any player on LA against Seattle would be on par right. with any other double game week player to this. I don't know. I don't really think Gerard is the Gerard, whatever you want to call him. I don't really think he's the best LA pick, to be honest. I think you're probably going to have a, a little bit more luck with like Keen and Legette. Uh, I don't know who Sidich actually has like a history of doing well against Seattle, and same thing with Janino. Like, I don't know, Gerard. Mm. Go yeah, with Keen. Yeah. Go with Keen. It's like a pretty good option for LA, but like, whoa, chill on the Gerard like hype. I think, though, that there was that week that Keen went off for a hat trick, you know, back to back. But I don't I think with the with the options that you have this week, there's no way you can't captain somebody who's on a double game week. Yeah, I mean, no, agreed. Yeah. So even if Keen does have a monster game, when you have somebody like Giovinco who could also have two monster games, there's there's really no way unless you can't afford Giovinco in that case. Right, that doing? Gerard Tane, man. I, I <laughs> if you can't afford Giovinco, how can you afford, like, Gerard in your midfield instead? By getting Laren. Yeah, but, I mean, the, the math works out on us. On Get Laren and gave us. <laughs> Oh, okay. I don't know. I'm looking at some of these numbers, and uh, Toronto is one of the worst teams at, at uh, conceding goals while away. Now, they have played a lot of away games, so that factors into it. But but they've given up a lot of goals when on the road. And, and Philadelphia at home is kind of in the middle of the pack. They're a little bit better than giving up one goal per game at home. Uh, and then as far as, as scoring, Orlando is awful at, at scoring at home. 
but they're still scoring a little bit, a little bit more than one goal per game at home. But on the road, they're one of the top teams at scoring. So I don't, I don't know. That's that's pretty. Ah, uh, I just don't know if I can do that, Laren. Oh, but Laren. I, I don't know if it'd be any easier if he was ten or not. I don't. I don't know. No, Maybe it is just the, because he's new. I guess that's what it is. No captain rookies. Like, <laughs> there's a massive history in MLS of rookies at this point in the season starting to run out of gas because they're not used to playing this many games. I think Laren's going to do fine. I just don't know how you justify captaining him over, like, Kaká or Jovinko. Exactly. It's like, there's better options, people. I don't know. If, if you're going to captain Laren, I want you to send us a tweet. Um, just, uh, what we're going to do this, guys. Uh, hashtag, what was it we normally do for our hashtags here for these things? What, the dare to? Yes, thank you. I, <laughs> I'm gone. I'm totally gone. Uh, dare to Laren. I, I want to know if you're going to captain Laren, give us a hashtag dare to Laren, and we'll see who's who's out there with the balls to do this. I might do it. Like, I got oh. I got some big rocks. Don't 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 Let's question see if my guy rocks. Dares to Laren. I might, I might. I dropped Keen to bring him in, so I, <laughs> I'm you know sometimes you do what you got <laughs> to do. I would definitely happen. take Laren over Gerard, but oh yeah, <laughs> totally. Right. Uh, currently, I'll have Geo and Laren, so I'm leaning towards Javinko, but maybe I should flip a coin. I don't know. That's that's worked out pretty well for me in the past. Sometimes the coin is smarter than me. <laughs> more often than not probably so there's some good options i will try to get the captain's poll posted on r slash fantasy mls so you can see what your other fantasy managers think about uh daring to laren or not so that wraps up all the questions that we have uh now we're going to move on to some fun stuff down through our community time and we're going to highlight the top scorer for the r slash fantasy mls league and this week that goes to fishtown fc and um, I've, I've lost the manager name. Just a second. Uh, there is no manager name. So the nameless manager of Fishtown FC got 98 points this week. Uh, fantastic. You're definitely an active player with your number of transfers. And the highest was 102. So you are right up there at the top fifth uh, overall this round as far as high score goes. So congrats for that great score. Uh, as uh, far as the MLS Fantasy Insider hosts head-to-head league goes, I believe I am sitting on top right now with uh, a nice win over over uh, Scott. But I know he's he's not active, so that's I guess that's just a gimme right there. But uh, but yeah, yeah, doing doing pretty well. Overturned Travis, who had a, a very narrow. No loss against uh, Richard, so who I got to meet over at the All Star Game, so that was no way. I did. The first thing he said to me was, "Wow, you're tall." Wait, are you tall? Taller than Richard. I. This is gives me no context, having never met him. But I'm gonna. I'm gonna (laughs) assume that you're like. Oh yeah, that's pretty tall. I was gonna (laughs) assume you're like six eight, and he's like six six. Meeting of the giants. It's a meeting of fantasy minds, so that's that's what it was. But yeah, so so good news there. Uh, anybody else have any any uh, head-to-head news they'd like to report? No, I, I killed it in my head-to-heads this week, so I'm I'm pretty happy with that. My work league is the one that really is the the one that we talk about for the whole year. So as long as I win that one, I'm okay. 
And you also won when your matchup in the, the Fantasy Insider there, Jason. Yeah, I think I won all my head-to-heads, which is okay well, for 62. I wasn't expecting that, but I guess I got a little bit lucky with who I went up against. Actually, that may not be true. I think I lost the uh, the the fairly unknown MLS Fantasy Viz head-to-head, which has four players. <laughs> <laughs> I threw Next it year. up <laughs> before the season started, and I didn't want to advertise it on uh, anywhere else because I wanted it to be the regulars, but there's no regulars in the off-season, so... <laughs> so tippy tap fc jd bazo getting there you go banking 81 to 62 there we go have to have to join some of that next year we'll give a a, a who's who and and fantasy leagues to join for for the support of of the of the great people who provide you some content oh that's all that i have for for the show today Do you guys have some plugs you want to give out not particularly Nothing going on well i'll go ahead and say uh the behind-the-scenes rumbling is we're going to try to produce a podcast for Fantasy Premier League. Uh, the name's going to be kind of worked on soon. Uh, we're kind of getting maybe a little bit different format than we're doing here. Maybe video, if you guys like that. Let us know if you want to actually see us uh, instead of just listen to us. But we might might get something worked up. Um, but speaking of Premier League, the MLS Fantasy Boss and r slash Fantasy MLS both have Fantasy Premier League leagues that are out there, both head-to-head and classic. There are no prizes for these. I'm sorry, I, there's there's only so much that my wallet can, can handle as far as giving out prizes. Uh, so this is all just for pride and, most importantly, for fun. So stop by MLS Fantasy Boss. Stop by r slash Fantasy MLS. There are leagues posted for you to join, and if you have one of your own, feel free to post that at r slash fantasy MLS, and, and we'll have a, a good fun time. Guy, anything from you? Yeah, um, let's see. Still doing footy fantastic. Uh, I didn't do much last week because it was just so damned hot, so I didn't type. I didn't. I didn't hardly sit up in my house. It was so hot, but I'm still doing that. Uh, I'm still writing on uh, fantasy football twenty four seven and FPL bet, and I'm doing some YouTube stuff where I just record myself drinking and talking fantasy soccer because that's the American dream. <laughs> and Jason? Yeah, nothing here. Same old, same old. Fantasy biz, lots of fun charts, good times. All right, well, thank you everyone for listening to the show. If you have any comments, of course, we always love to hear you uh, through tweets or posting in the thread that's going to pop up on our slash fantasy MLS after we do a little bit of editing this week, thanks to, to Simon. So I hope you guys had fun, learned some stuff, and good luck. <laughs>